And welcome in to this week's edition of Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page with Denny Thompson, the hacker Ryan Green with you. As always, Gator Bites is presented by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists. It's Northeast Florida's premier orthopedic physicians providing an unparalleled level of care. Guys, visit Southeast Orthopedic Specialists in Riverside, Ponte Vedra, Northside, Southside, the beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. Denny, I will tell you this. Go ahead. In the very short, illustrious career of the Gator Bites podcast, I think we've been going on for about six months now. This is the most excited I've been to be with you. (laughs) The fact that we actually are up and running. I am just not a technologically savvy person. Still got a lot to work out, but we're up and running, which is important. We've been working on this since 1030. It's been a, you know what? It's been a five-and-a-half-hour ordeal at this point, but we are here, Gator fans. I have a new mission in life, though. What's that? I'm going to help you with your, the way you deal with stress. I Man, I have, <laughs> I've gone into a shell in the last couple hours. I've gone into a cocoon the last couple hours. I just The anger sharks are swimming right now. <laughs> but we're here. Southeast Orthopedic brings it to you, and we got a lot to talk about on Gator Bites. If you want to shoot us a, a comment on the Facebook Live comment section, Gator fans, you are more than welcome to do so. Florida 45, Tennessee Martin nothing. The Gators 2-0 on the year. Uh, the game was never in doubt. The game was never in doubt when it was on the schedule a couple of years ago. You knew Florida was going to win the game. The one thing, though, Denny, I will say, Felipe Franks, 25 of 27, 270 yards, couple of touchdowns. One of those incompletions came on a Hail Mary mm-hmm. at the end of the first half. I know the competition wasn't great, but Felipe Franks did everything Gator fans would want to see in that victory on Saturday I night. I think as a team they did. I mean, all all you can do is play the team you're playing, right? I mean, there's nothing more you can do. And we saw across the country, not just in Tallahassee, but across the country, all kinds of people that struggle with teams that they're supposed to beat handedly. Um, so I think it's a it's a great thing that Florida came out. And, and really, you, you saw them early. They didn't jump out to a 21 nothing lead, but you saw them early stick to a game plan. And, and just methodically go down the field. And then Felipe was very effective, very efficient um, in, in the passing game as well as the running game. Um, I thought he picked, picked his times to, to run. And I think at the end of the day, Dan Mullen got to put on film what Dan Mullen wants to put on film. He got to show what he wants to show, or more importantly, not show what he doesn't want to show. And now they move forward to the SEC part of their schedule. Yeah, so they move forward. Uh, before we talk about Kentucky again, uh, I think 12 different guys – caught the football yeah. van jefferson trevon grimes we know about all the guys at the top end got a brief glimpse of jacob copeland mm-hmm. like what i see mm-hmm. out of mm-hmm. jacob copeland like what i see out of jacob copeland a lot now the defense played well obviously you get a shutout that's fantastic couple of injuries though to deal with Kadarius tony on the offensive side of the ball cj henderson on the defensive side of the ball although i will say this denny those injuries how bad they looked on saturday maybe not the worst news, uh, Henderson, an ankle sprain. Hopefully, you do you need Henderson before LSU? I don't know. You got Kentucky, you got Tennessee, you got Towson. I, I mean, it's it, the only reason why you would is an area that we're worried about depth at already. And so now, if you got that next guy in and he goes down, then what are you really running out there? That's the only reason to your point. But you know what? I just thought of something. One of the things that Gator fans need to look for this year, or one of the things that can help 
is beyond that first group of receivers, which of these young guys look like they're going to flash because next year, and I don't want to get in next year, I want to enjoy this year while we can. Next year, it's a whole different ball team. Yeah. And, and I, I'd like to go in with having several guys who's got 20, 30, 40 catches in their career, right? So I, I think the more those young guys can get in and get established, uh, the better for this team long term. It would be the better for this team long term. So things are good. The Gators are 2-0. and Now they go to the Commonwealth. And I was talking, we actually had Chris Doring on XL Primetime on 1010XL Radio in Jacksonville earlier on today. And obviously Doring's got a touchdown. This is kind of his week. That great catch he had back in 1993. You want your feel-old statement of the day? 26 That's years crazy. ago for Chris Doring, and Doring's got a touchdown. But it's Kentucky week. Now that the streak is over and Kentucky wins the game last year, it doesn't really feel like Kentucky week. It feels like something's gone because the streak is no longer intact. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, for being honest, the streak probably should have ended the year before. Was they that the, was that when they had they ran out ten guys on defense a couple times? You could argue the streak might have ended in overtime in Gainesville a few years ago with the play clock. With the play clock, yeah. I mean, Kentucky yeah. was close for a while. So I think that was part of it. Is Florida kept just barely escaping, and then last year Kentucky just dominated that game. I mean that that wasn't that was that was no fun to watch because it was they were getting seven yard pushes downfield with their offensive line and just swallowing everything up behind the line of scrimmage with their defensive line. But I understand what you're saying. I, I think something else has kind of happened is their quarterback going down, who hurt Florida a little bit last year. Um, that's a big blow for Kentucky, man. That is a huge blow. I forget the guy's name's coming in now, but he was at Troy last year. Yeah. And they uh, lost Terry Wilson. That's the guy that got hurt. Yeah, yeah. And so now you're gonna roll out uh, a guy in his first SEC game against a Florida team that I think the defense is pretty good. Do we know, though? Uh, I think we know Jabari Zaniga's pretty good. Yeah. I think we know Grenard. Grenard's pretty good. Grenard is a huge pickup. Grenard, man. yeah. That was kind of an under-the-radar thing from Louisville. That guy's been a stud yep. in the first couple of games. But as Doring brought up today, Chris Doring, we had him on, like I said, you know, a lot of losses for Kentucky last year, a lot of seniors that are no longer on that team. They still have a pretty good offensive line. And it's clearly the best offensive line Florida will have faced through three games. they got some guys uh, that are better than Miami. Miami's got some talent, but they're young. Obviously, Kentucky's better than the Tennessee Martin line. So I think you're going to learn more about the Gator D-line on Saturday night going up against an experienced Kentucky offensive line. Yeah, I just cannot fathom that Kentucky could replace, what was it, 18 sacks? Yeah, 17 and a half with, sacks Jonathan, with, yeah, with, with Josh, Josh Allen. Allen, right. And then – one of the best running backs to ever come through that school. I, I, I just can't I can't wrap my head around that Kentucky. Now, if we're talking about Ohio State or Alabama, I could. But Kentucky can just replace that type of production. A first-round guy and then a guy that's historically in all their record books and Benny Snell. Right. Um, I think that, for me, is the the bigger thing of, of why I'm not I'm not sweating this game. And then the other thing is what we talked about all offseason. If you've taken that next jump as a program, like we think Florida has, then you shouldn't be worried about Kentucky and Tennessee, right? I don't think anybody's worried about Tennessee right now. No. But that no. shouldn't be one of those things that you're like, oh, God, I hope we can get by Kentucky if you've taken that next jump. This is Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Today's podcast is brought to you by the one and only Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They are Northeast Florida's premier orthopedic physicians you can listen to dr kevin murphy the good doctor kevin murphy on his thursday mornings here on 1010xl and also he's with us on friday night lights 
with Denny and I on 1010XL as well. Southeast Orthopedic Specialist is located in Riverside, Northside, Southside, the beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. You know, you look at the Gators' schedule moving forward, really shapes up nice. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Miami's out of the way. Tennessee Martin is out of the way. You got to go to Kentucky. If you get by Kentucky, you have Tennessee at home. Yikes. You have Towson at home. Yuck. So you should be. The Gators should be 5-0 and rolling out to the bayou in early October to play, well, a very good LSU team. We'll worry about that then. But 5-0 and is 5-0. and And if the Gators are anything less than 5-0, and Denny, I think at this point that would be a huge disappointment. Uh, no doubt. And I think this is the week that is most in question. Would you agree with that? I mean, oh yeah, more it's so than Tennessee. Road, yeah, and, and it's a it's a night game. Um, Kentucky's going to show up for that game. So it's, I mean, not saying that this game's in question, but of the three, it's the most in question. And then if you end up five and zero, it doesn't matter who you beat. It's just it's just the way this thing works. You're probably going to be in the top six or seven at the end of that five. And if if LSU maintains, and heck, they could be number two or three. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how the SEC plays out for for a conference that everybody's saying is down. I mean, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and Florida in five weeks from now could all be in the top six or seven. Right. I think Auburn's lost some steam, right? I don't think people are as high on Auburn um, as what they were at the beginning of the year. A&M lost a little steam, although that A&M defense kept Trevor Lawrence reasonably in check. Man, I can't buy A&M. Because still in, in Jimbo Fisher's tenure at Texas A&M, their best game is a loss. And that was the Clemson last year. Clemson last year. Yeah. Right. And, and they, you know, they should have never even been in that LSU game. That, that was a fluke. But their best game was a loss. So he, I, I just I can't get on the A&M bandwagon yet. But outside of those teams, I mean, every conference stinks outside of two teams. I think SEC is four or five teams deep this year. Let me ask you this. Um, roughly the same timetable for Dan Mullen in Gainesville, for Willie Taggart in Tallahassee, and for Jeremy Pruitt in Knoxville. The wheels have come off for Jeremy Pruitt. Man, listen, you can add to that now. Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly at UCLA. Scott exactly. Frost. Yeah, Scott Frost Nebraska. loses last week. Um, but for, for the Gator fan, I think they look at the rivals, Tennessee. Sure, I got you. Yuck. Yeah. Florida State, the wheels almost came off last week. The wheels are hanging on by a thread. Uh, we'll see what they do against Virginia. Why has Dan Mullen, who inherited a four-win team, mind you, the Gators weren't any good the year before Mullen got there. Why has Dan Mullen it appears, had so much more success than Florida State and Tennessee than Willie Taggart and Jeremy Pruitt. Well, which is why I brought up the other two, because if you remember, those were the two names that everybody in Gainesville wanted, everybody Kelly wanted, and Scott Frost. Everybody wanted. I wanted Scott Frost. Yeah, I did, I did too. I yeah. mean, I, I more so wanted Mike Norvell in Memphis, but that's neither here nor there. Um, that's why I brought those two up. And, and I think the answer lies in why those guys didn't work, and thank God they didn't work is you've got an experienced coach, head coach. All those other ones that, that you named, no experience as a head coach other than Chip Kelly, right? I mean, Scott Frost had the two years at UCF. Is that what he had? Uh, two or three. Okay. I think he had two, yeah, because he took them from – yeah, that's right. But nobody else really experienced at that level. Uh, Taggart with the one year at Oregon, when, which I think he was seven and five. Yeah. Right? Mullen's seen all this. He's been inside the conference. He knows what to expect. And a lot of that comes in your hiring. How do you hire your coaches? Who you hire? The, t the way that you recruit and in your preparation. And I think what we've seen is Dan Mullen has been, you know, he's had his ups and downs a little bit. It's been a little bit of a roller coaster. But for the most part, he's been trending up the whole time. 
every other program you just talked about, every one of them, you hear the highest of the high and the lowest of the lows. And it's, it's, there's nothing in between. It's fans that are, hey, we need to give them three years, or it's fans that we should have fired them the day after we hired them. So I think the, the stability that Mullen brought to the program inside of, of the SEC, being there already for a long period of time, helps a ton, man. And he had inroads in Florida from his time with Urban Meyer and recruiting that we're not really seeing come to fruition yet, but I think we will. Again, you know, we talk about the 10-win season last year, 10-3. and three, Two of those losses were at home, one to Kentucky, one to Missouri, which is fascinating when you think about Both it. Both terrible. Terrible, yeah. I mean, Mullen's 12-3 and three overall. He's won six games in a row dating back to last season. We'll see what happens trying to avenge the loss last year to Kentucky. They go to Lexington on Saturday. But, again, Jeremy Pruitt, I mean, you lose back-to-back home games to Georgia State and BYU. And the BYU game, normally that would not be any shame in that. But when you consider BYU is inside their own 20-yard line with under a minute to go, no timeouts, trailing in the game, and remarkably, Tennessee let BYU get behind them, let a wide receiver get behind them. That's ridiculous. Florida State, borderline dumpster fire, losing to Boise State, allowing 44 to La Monroe. It's really striking to me when you look at the Gator rivals how much they're struggling compared to how – much success it appears Dan Mullen's having. A couple things. One, BYU hasn't been the BYU that we, my age anyway, remembers. I mean, they've been eh, for yeah. a long time, right? It's not Utah's kind of taken over in that area as the team that you really don't want to play. Utah just beat them by, what, 20? Yeah, uh, yeah. Week one of the season. Yeah, but, you know, as far as the other ones, I think it's interesting when you look. Jeremy Pruitt is a elite recruiter. Elite, and I know Jeremy. Um He's an elite recruiter, and he's got a good football mind. But for whatever reason, nobody can get out of their own way in Tennessee. It's not just him. I mean, Butch Jones recruited his butt off the first couple of years. He recruited really well. Just nobody can win there. you you got to start to wonder, what are the resources like? Mm-hmm. What's their training program like? What What is really going on at Tennessee? And it's a tough place to recruit. There's not a lot of talent in Tennessee. Florida State, I don't know what the hell they're doing, Hack. I, I mean, it's – I said this last night on the Sports Den, and, and my co-host is a, is a former Seminole and a, and a big-time fan. I like the staff personally. Like, I know just about that entire staff in Tallahassee. I hate to see this for them because they're good guys that I know working their butt off. But, again, for whatever reason, there's a disconnect. And, and, and it's, it makes you appreciate what guys like Dan Mullen are doing or what guys like Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney have been able to do like, that's a hard job, bro. That's a hard job to keep consistently 80 or 90, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds on the same page and have them all bought in. That's that. It's a. That's why they make so much money. It's been off to a very slow start uh, for both Tennessee and Florida State, not a slow start for the Gators. Again, this is Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists. They are Northeast Florida's premier orthopedic physicians providing unparalleled level of care. Visit Southeast Orthopedic Specialist in Riverside, Ponte Vedra, Northside, the Southside, Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. All right, as we begin to make the turn for home here on Gator Bites, Florida, Kentucky, 7 o'clock, ESPN. It is a battle of unbeatens. Kentucky has beaten Toledo. They have beaten Eastern Michigan. Like we said, though, however, they did lose their starting quarterback, taking maybe a little bit of steam, a little bit of luster, out of this matchup, Florida's out for revenge, I think. I think a lot of the Gator players, if you ask them, 
probably had this one circled a little bit. A, do you think Florida wins the game? And if so, by how much? Yeah, I think they win the game. I think it I think it is a close game at halftime. I think it's one of those where you go into halftime and, you know, maybe it's a 14-10, 17-14, something like that. But I think eventually Florida pulls away. I, I think eventually you've got a quarterback taking his first snaps in the SEC. Eventually he's going to make a mistake. And and you've if you're Florida, what you can't do, and I hate to keep bringing them up, is what Florida State's been doing, which is allowing subpar players the easy choice and playing off of everybody and giving them everything underneath. If you're Florida, you want to play aggressive defense. You want to blitz early. You want to try to get this guy rattled, and you, you want to establish dominance once again over Kentucky – and I think, and I expect that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to take some shots deep because we haven't seen a ton of that um, in the first couple games. And and I think it ends up being you know somewhere around like a, a you know thirty four twenty one type of game. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. The one thing I would say, you don't want Kentucky to hang around into the fourth quarter because they're going to be at home. Yep, it's going to be crazy. It's not every night ESPN's there for a seven o'clock primetime game in the Commonwealth. So it's going to be a big game. On? Yeah, 7 o'clock, I believe, ESPN. ESPN. So with that being said, the longer this game is competitive, the longer this game is a one- or two-possession game, the more into it that crowd will be. This is a game, and you want to kind of get on Kentucky early because the longer you let them hang around, the more confidence they will build. And, and let's face it, again, the upperclassmen there, the juniors and the seniors, they know they can beat Florida. They went into Gainesville last year, and they beat Florida. And albeit a lot of Kentucky players are gone off that team from last year, but regardless, to a man, they know they lined up against the Gators last year and beat them. Whipped them. And they're going to remember that. They're going to have confidence going into this game. Kentucky will no longer be afraid of the Florida Gators. That's for sure. Uh, So we'll see what happens. You know what I think it's like? I think it's like when we were sitting there in the press box of the Jags game this past week. We – how many times did we say this is only a one score game? Right. But at any point, did it feel like the Jacks had a chance? Never really felt that way. I, I think agree with that's that. what this is going to be. It could be a one score game, but I think you're going to feel like Florida has complete control over it. Um, we'll talk Tennessee next week. Last thought about that, and we'll get more into this next week when Florida and Tennessee. By the way, did you see this? It was almost a rite of passage. Tennessee, Florida was three thirty on CBS, mm-hmm. or was seven o'clock on ESPN. Thanks, Tennessee. That's going to be a noon kick on either ESPN, ESPN2, or the SEC Network. They haven't decided yet, but they know Florida and Tennessee is going to be at high noon in Gainesville next week. That's what happens when Tennessee's 0-2. If things continue to go south for the Volunteers, is Jeremy Pruitt in trouble this season? Man, uh, I looked at their schedule last night. You can't say any game is a guaranteed win, yeah. right? But, I mean, looking at their schedule, I can't see him winning more than four. And I think if that's the case, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I mean, two years, that's that's tough. It is. But that would be two really bad years. It is. But, I mean, if you're Tennessee right now, your fan base that is rabid has been enduring this for the better part of what? 10, 15 years now? Pretty much since, since Fulmer? Fulmer left, yeah. Yeah, since Fulmer. I mean, so – it's unfortunate, and I don't know Tennessee's financial situation because I remember a couple years ago there was talk about Tennessee was struggling financially, and I don't know what Pruitt's buyout is. So I need to look that up. But assuming that that's all handled and can be dealt with, I think he's he's got to win five or six games to keep that to keep that job this year. Kentucky this week, Tennessee next week. 
then that big Towson matchup, and then it's going to get real for the Gators. It's going to yep. get real real quick with LSU, with Auburn, South Carolina, and Georgia in the span of less than a month. He is Denny Thompson. You hear him nightly on the Sports Den on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. I'm the hacker Ryan Green. You can catch me on XL Primetime middays, noon to 3, again on 1010XL and 92.5. Denny, it was a battle to get us on the air. I feel like we've accomplished something. We have. Here we uh, this now. afternoon, that's right. And uh, we'll do it again next week, previewing yes, Tennessee, reviewing Kentucky. Enjoyed it, my friend. Looking forward to it. Talk to you guys next week right here. Thank you to Southeast Orthopedic Specialists. They've brought you Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network.